today's podcast is number 69. Oi, 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 oi. Couldn't help myself. What a knob. I'm on my third cup of coffee now, guys, so woo, watch out. Hi, and welcome to the Unashamedly Human podcast, where we explore how we can better understand our thoughts, feelings, and actions, change our results, and feel less alone as we navigate this crazy little thing called life. My name is Emily Chadbourne, and I recorded this episode live in my free Facebook group, Unashamedly Human with Emily Chadbourne. If you're not a member yet, head to the show notes to join this global community, and you'll be able to join me live next week as I record the next episode of Unashamedly Human, the podcast. Make sure you follow me on Instagram too, Unashamedly Emily, and enjoy this episode. Dear Em, I was recently in a relationship that didn't work out. A guy who wouldn't commit after about six months or so. Why does it hurt so badly when he clearly wasn't the right one because he couldn't commit? How do I fully accept that he's not for me and fully move on? I'm still battling with whether to completely cut ties or hang on in there like an absolute twat. Those were her words and not mine. I think let's start with, do I completely cut ties with this guy or hang on in there like an absolute twat? If a guy turned around to you and said, hey, any second now, I'm about to punch you in the face. So you need to take three steps to the left. And you continue to stay exactly where you were standing. And then the guy pulled his arm back, made his hand into a fist and punched you in the nose. And then you stood there going like, why did you punch me? What did you do that for? The rest of the world would be like, but he just told you he was going to punch you and told you to move and you stayed there. And that's basically what you're doing in this particular situation. Somebody has said to you, this is who I am. This is where I'm at. And this is what I'm doing. And you are standing there going, nah, something different's going to happen. Believe this guy when he says he can't commit. If a guy is saying... I cannot commit to you right now. He cannot commit to you right now. Leave. You are, in fact, hanging on in there like an absolute twat. And you're probably being metaphorically punched in the face and it really hurts. And the only person that's doing that is you. So number one piece of advice on this question, don't battle with whether to cut ties or not. Cut ties. Because you are right now standing in front of someone like an absolute twat. Saying it with love, but you know I'm always going to tell you the truth. This guy has been very honest with you. And the only person who is lying to you is you. He's not. You are. So that's the first thing that I want to say. Now let's look at the bigger picture, which is like, but why are we still standing there like an absolute twat, hoping that this guy is miraculously going to change or assuming that what he is saying isn't true. Like I can't commit, you know, I think so many of us, myself included, I'm definitely, definitely a a rom-com victim. You know, we've lived through the eighties and the nineties and the early noughties, especially where all rom-com movies chased the same plot, which was guy meets girl, guy and girl fall in love under strange circumstances Guy does something wrong. Girl runs away from guy. Guy wins back girl. 
It's like the ultimate story of unrequited love and it always works out for them in the end. And so many of us are walking through our now adult life thinking that we are in this kind of movie because your subconscious mind, that's not because we're idiots. Our subconscious mind doesn't know what's real and what's not real. What we consume is important. You know, we cry at movies all the time. We watch a horror movie and we think, oh my God, we feel, we feel scared for our own lives. Even though consciously we know that what's on the screen in front of us is just a movie, what we feel is like it's happening to us in real life. And so our subconscious mind is seeing everything around us and it does not have the discernment to understand what is real and what is not real. So we are working under this paradigm that if we hold on in there long enough, any minute now there's gonna be a plot twist and this guy's gonna come knocking at our door in the pouring rain, holding flowers saying, I'm just a boy standing in front of her, it's bullshit. Not only are we fed from a really young age this ideal that as a woman, what we need to be happy is to find our Prince Charming and then we can live happily ever after. You know, you look at the Little Mermaid, she gave up her fucking fins. You know, nothing made her happy under the sea. She gave up who she was to walk on the beach with her Prince Charming. But you don't see the rest of that movie where Prince Charming leaves the toilet seat up or Prince Charming doesn't fulfill all of her needs or she becomes a figment of who she used to be or she misses that you don't see that. You assume that where the story ends is where the story ends. And so we are indoctrinated as women from a very young age to believe the movies that we watch and the fairy stories that we are told. And then as adults, we begin to manipulate the evidence in front of us to comply to this ideal of a happy ending. A happy ending, that's not what I meant to say. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. When this happens, and I've seen this in so many of my girlfriends, I see it all of the time in my single clients, and I know that I do it myself, is that when we are given like a mold of potential, i.e. he's a single guy, he does not look gross, he holds down a job and we get on okay. So far, tick, 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 tick. Third date, that's what I know about this guy. What we then start to do as women is we start to project that this guy is going to be our Prince Charming. We begin to ignore small little subtle red flags, or in your case, massive big fucking country-sized flags that he is slapping you around the face with. But we begin to, somewhere in our mind, distort that reality. We begin to say things like, oh, well, you know, I think I could live with that. Or, oh, you know, well, he might change. You know, my friend Sue's friends, Joan's daughter's sister's spaniel's husband, he was a bit of a knob when they first met and now he's really great. We begin to excuse and manipulate what is right in front of us because our imagination is so very powerful. We begin to see what life could be like. We begin to see what this person could be like if... And the moment, and this is something that I am learning and it's something I'm getting much better at doing, but it still sucks when I have to do it. The moment I am in the early stages of dating, when I find myself saying to myself, yeah, if he was just, 
that is a sign to me that I need to get out. And that's not to say that we're not very aware that all relationships are compromised and nobody is perfect. And I get all of that. I really do. And it's true. Of course, relationships are compromised and I'm not perfect. And I know there's loads of things I need to shift and change in myself and areas for growth. And, and, and I'm challenged when I'm in relationships with people because those areas for growth are really highlighted to me. And, and I think that's a great thing. Nobody is perfect. But the moment that I am falling in love with a version of the person that is not currently presenting themselves to me, the moment I realize I'm falling in love with the potential of who somebody could be, I have to leave that relationship. I have to not go on another date. You can only fall in love with the person who is presenting themselves as they are to you right now. Now, that's not to say that we don't give people chances. Like I said, that's not to say that people don't grow and change. Of course they do. But we can't fall in love with the potential of change. And then two years turn around and be like, oh, why are you still not committing to me? I've wasted two years of my life waiting for you to commit. When years ago, this guy turned around to you and went, I'm not committing to you. And it's very easy then to blame him. Because we forget that he told us. We forget that that was obvious. We forget that she demonstrated that behavior. We forget that it was us who ignored that red flag. And so then we create a new situation in our mind where all men are cheaters. No women can be trusted. This always happens to me. And then we become our own self-fulfilling prophecy because we love to seek out what is familiar to us. And then we'll find that pattern repeating, 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 repeating. And, and that's when we begin to end up going out with no one who can ever commit. Because on an unconscious level, we begin to sit in the vibrational frequency of, I'm not worth committing to. And therefore we will manifest that in our reality. Would you like daily text messages of support, positivity and love sent personally from me straight to your phone? Then sign up for Wake Up With Em. It's the affirmation service you didn't know you needed. The first month is free if you follow the link in the show notes. Good morning. You're awesome. The way that we shift that, the way that we break that pattern is by bringing conscious awareness to, hang on a minute, this guy's not committing to me, I'm out. I'm worth more than that. I refuse to sit in a paradigm or in a reality where I accept and tolerate that behavior because I show the universe where my worth lies and then the universe responds to that. So while I put up with this guy's behavior, while I tolerate his non-committal to me, I am creating a reality where men don't commit to me. That's not the reality, but it is one that I am creating while I tolerate this behavior. So the only way to shift your reality, to shift that paradigm is to go, nah, not tolerating it. Thank you, universe, next. And maybe the next guy will also be a commitment phobe. Thank you, universe, next. And maybe the next guy will be, but the next guy, you won't hang around for six months to work that out. You'll hang around for six weeks before you realize that he's not ready to commit to you and you're out. And then maybe the next guy will be somebody who's looking to settle down and have a family. But maybe he won't be your guy either. Maybe you won't be willing to commit to him. Because that's just as hard a conversation to have. That takes just as much inner strength and self-love to turn around and go, oh, I know you really like me and I know on lots of levels you could give me loads of stuff, 
but I don't think you're my person. And I am not going to accept a mediocre relationship. Not saying that that person is a mediocre person, but you can have two amazing people and still have a mediocre relationship because they're not right for each other. And that was my experience with my ex. He was a great guy. And on so many levels, it's made so much sense. But I want extraordinary. And the only way I'm going to get extraordinary is if I hold out for extraordinary. You will get in this life, whether it's finances, whether it's health, whether it's friendships, whether it's romantic relationships, whether it's your career, you will get what you tolerate in this life. And where you are willing to tolerate will be where your results stop. So if you are willing to tolerate somebody who can't commit to you, you will get somebody who can't commit to you. Where you are willing to tolerate ill health, you will get ill health. I'm talking, you know, diet, exercise, basic health stuff. Where you are willing to tolerate a shit employer, you will have a shitty job. It's the people that go, no, that's not good enough for me. What have you got next, universe? I have faith that when I raise my standard for myself, my energy shifts with that and then something better will come. So to go back to the main topic of this conversation, which is why does it hurt so badly when he, I know he wasn't the right one because he's not, not capable of committing. Why does it hurt so badly? It's got nothing to do with him and everything to do with you. What you are asking of yourself right now is that you raise your standards on yourself. And that is scary. Because you're, you're moving from somebody who tolerates that behavior to somebody who doesn't tolerate that behavior. So you're letting go of the imagination part of like the falling in love with the potential of, I can see myself in a relationship. I can see myself with a white picket fence. I can see myself having kids. I can see myself walking down the aisle. I'm letting my imagination run away with itself. And I'm creating all of these scenarios which are totally in my head. I'm attaching myself to them. The holidays we're gonna have together, the friends that he's got, the family that he's got, the connection that I'm gonna have, the safety I'm now gonna feel, the hunt is over, right? I'm attaching myself to that reality, which is not a reality, it's just an imagination. And now I'm gonna disattach myself from that. So I'm now gonna be in the grief of that. I'm gonna be in the loss of that. I'm gonna be in the lack of that for a bit. That's a normal part of this process. But on top of that, I'm also gonna ask myself to want more. I can't even get this. And you're asking me to want more? Yes, I am asking you to want more. I'm asking you to want much more. Because the reason that you can't get this is because this isn't good enough for you. So ask for more. And this is the trap of thinking that I think we get ourselves in, especially with single ladies, is that we think, how can I ask for more when I can't even get this guy? I can't even get this guy to commit. But the reason you can't get this guy to commit is because you should be asking for more. And so it feels very clunky. It's a massive tight butt moment to turn around and be like, I'm worth more than this. Other things that I think could be really useful to you is to get really clear on what it is that you want for yourself. So you've already said, I know he was he's not the right person for me because the right person for me will want to commit. So by definition of not wanting to commit, he's automatically making himself not my person. 
But I do think it's important that we get quite clear on what it is that we want from a partner. And again, this doesn't this isn't about aesthetics. There is a, a line of manifesting thinking that says that, you know, if you can get really granular, what color are his eyes, what size are his feet, you know, what does he do for a job? What does he like to eat? If you can get really, really granular on that kind of stuff, you're much more likely to invite him in. I my personal stance or her, my personal stance on that is that it's not necessarily about the aesthetics. The more that you are in that conversation with yourself, the more that you become the feeling of being in a relationship with somebody like that person. And when we match our vibrational frequency to our desire, that's when it technically manifests for us in our 3D reality. Um, so I think for that purpose it's a really great exercise to get quite granular on what it is that you want to attract but what you want to be careful about doing is not shutting yourself off to other possibilities don't shut yourself off from you know dating a shorter guy with brown hair instead of a tall guy with blonde hair just because you know my list my list my list we get so pedantic and and granular about what we think or how our love should come to us or how money should come to us or how an opportunity should present itself to us and when we get that focused or that lasered we forget to look expansively and we could be missing opportunities that are actually right under our noses that we never contemplated before because it hasn't come in the package that we think it should come in but I do think it's really important that we get really, really clear on the values and the qualities that we want to see in our future partner. And without doubt, one of those values and qualities will be that he or she is really committed to you. And so that, again, it's like, have I got the framework in front of me so that I can have an adult conversation with myself so that when the red flags come up, instead of going, la, 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 look over here, I go, that's a red flag. I know my worth. I know where this is going and I'm out. Because it, it, it's not that, you know, people ask me about time and relationships quite a lot. It's like, I feel like I'm wasting time. We're only wasting time when we're staying in a relationship that we know isn't going anywhere. That is a waste of time. When we date, we wanna be trying it on. And if it's a fit, or we think it might be a fit, we go back for another date, we go back for another date. The moment that we go, nah, this isn't a fit, we, we have to leave. You are wasting your time, he's not wasting your time. So the moment that you realize it's not a fit, you assume that the universe has got something better for you around the corner. Because while you, tolerate or assume that what is in front of you is the best that you're ever going to get you will stay in shit relationships that don't serve you that are not what you need you have to assume positive intent from the universe there is something better for you and the moment it doesn't fit you leave that's how not to waste time when you're in the dating world women only waste time in dating when they go back and date guys that they know aren't right for them because they're ignoring those red flags because they don't believe that there is something better it's like going to buy a dress, right? Let's say you are, you've got a very specific event that you want to buy a dress for, you know the color and you know the length and you know the style and you walk into a shop and you see something and it's kind of the right color palette and maybe it's a bit longer or a bit shorter than you wanted, but yeah, you can tolerate that, that's all good. 
and it's kind of the right style and you try it on and it, there's just something about it. Like technically it's filled all the criteria, but there's just something just doesn't fit great. But you buy it anyway. Maybe you are running out of time. Maybe you can't be bothered to keep shopping. You're tired. You just want to go home. Maybe you doubt that there is any better dress out there for you. Maybe you tell yourself that if you wear it enough, it will suddenly start molding itself to your body. Maybe you tell yourself that it will grow on you, that you can tolerate that it's a bit baggy or a bit tight or a bit uncomfortable. Like all good. No dress is perfect, right? And so you take the dress home and it sits in your wardrobe and you wear it a couple of times and you don't feel good when you're wearing it. You feel a bit self-conscious. You wish you hadn't bought it, but you have bought it. And so now you're committing to it because heaven forbid you take it back to the shop or go and buy another one. And so you fucking end up with this dress in your wardrobe that every time you open your wardrobe, you look at it and you're like, oh, you're just a bit disappointed by it. Don't buy the dress. And if you've got that dress in your wardrobe, give it away. Somebody else is going to really enjoy wearing that dress. For somebody else, that dress is going to fit like a glove. It's okay that it doesn't fit you. It's okay that you put a little bit of weight on and it doesn't fit you anymore. It's okay that it's gone out of style. Any relationship that you have that is not fulfilling its criteria for you, it's not because of it, it's because of your choice to stay with it. Now, that's not to say that we don't put effort in. Relationships are work. They're hard work. They're constant and consistent checking in with each other and communication and learning about each other and growing with each other and evolving with each other. They're a project. They're not guaranteed and they're not gifted. They are work. But a lot of people are working with, with something that is not workable. Recognize that and set, set that free. If, like me, you love reading cool stuff, listening to interesting interviews, and hearing funny, quirky stories that feel really relatable, then sign up for my famous Friday emails. They're jam-packed with awesomeness, and if you sign up and you're not into it, you can always unsubscribe. Link in the show notes, and I look forward to being in your inbox on Friday. It's Friday! So I don't know where I've got to now. I had this whole list of things, but I feel like I've gone off on this massive rant. So I'm going to see, let me just check with my notes and see if there's anything else I need to say. And please ask me your questions while I'm doing that. In terms of some practical stuff, one of the things that I've used in the past that has really helped me is to literally, when I'm dating a guy and it's obvious that there are some red flags and it's obvious that this isn't going to go anywhere, but there's a bit of me that wants it to go somewhere and wants it to work out. And I hear my narrative going, oh yeah, well, maybe that will work. Oh, maybe, uh, what, maybe if. Then I sit down with a pen and paper and I write out all of those red flags so that they're looking at me. Because it's really easy to ignore red flags in your mind. It's really easy to sit in the justification of some stuff. Whereas actually when it's written down on a piece of paper in front of you, it becomes really tangible and really evident and you stop being able to ignore it. So I would sit down with a pen and paper and literally list out all of the red flags, all of the reasons that this guy is not who you think you want him to be, but who is actually who he is. So number one, he can't commit. I mean, that flag's big enough that, you know, it should be knocking you off your seat. But 
there are probably some other little red flags that you can pick up on as well or other reasons that he actually maybe wouldn't be a great partner. Um, so get all of those out as well because the more evidence that you can build for yourself as to why this is not the relationship, because right now you've got an imagination, remember, that's like, oh, but look at us with our white picket fence and our happily ever after. That's not real. So we need to counterbalance that with the reality of why this guy is not your guy. That will help you not hold on like a twat which is you know again to use your own language there so that will help you completely cut ties and one thing I want to say about completely cutting ties is when you do that when you go nah I'm done you open up your energy to create opportunity for the universe to deliver you what is right for you because while you are spending your time and your energy with somebody who is not your person, you are not spending your time and your energy with people who might be your person. And again, it comes back to what you tolerate will be where you stay. So if you are investing in somebody who's not committing to you, you are not investing to somebody who could be committing to you. You're not even investing in yourself. So be aware, be consciously aware that every time you think about him, every time you pick up the phone to text him, every time you agree to meet up with him, every time you agree to stay over at his house, the conversation that you need to be, the self-parenting conversation that you need to be having with yourself is, while I am doing this, I am moving further away from my actual right person. I, me, am creating a reality for myself right now where I am choosing to create and manifest more of what I don't want instead of more of what I do want. And that conversation alone will be enough, I promise you, to be like, oh God, no, I'm just, I'm gonna know, I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna go long-term gain over short-term pleasure. Because one of the things that happens is that we now get used to things like, oh, the oxytocin of being hugged by somebody, the safety of waking up in the morning in the arms of somebody, the sex, all of the, the hormonal stuff that happens. And you kind of need to like cold turkey the shit out of that. You cannot stay for that. You have to think about your long-term reality over your short-term gain. I'm just going to jump into the comments because I can see there's lots of conversation about this. So true, good advice. Thank you. I mean, I know, I, I know a thing or two about being single, believe me. That's it for today's episode. I trust you loved it. And remember, you can join me as I record these episodes live. All of the details are in the show notes. If you love this episode, I'd really appreciate you sharing it on your socials and please tag me, Unashamedly Emily. You can also share it through Spotify and if you're listening on iTunes, then please rate and review. It really helps other people find this valuable content. And as always, nothing beats a good bit of word of mouth. So let your mates know all about this podcast. If you're interested in joining my global coaching community, the Unashamedly Human Hub, check out the link in the show notes. See you in the next episode and keep being brave.